Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. Brian, come on up, man. I want to pray for you, brother. Oh, thanks for uh, just preparing. Uh, Brian is in the Word all the time. And, uh, and I'm just grateful, man, for you to come and share with us today. I want to pray a blessing over you. Lord, thank you for my brother Bryant. Thank you, God, for just for the way he serves you and the way he is faithful to you. Lord, I pray that you uh, speak through him this morning, Lord. Uh, bring testimonies from him. Bring your word from him. And Lord, let your word enter our hearts and there produce hope and peace and seeds of faith, God. And may you water them, water them today and let us grow we thank you, God, for uh, his faithfulness to bring your truth, and we pray for your will and glory and your peace over him as he teaches your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Derek. Man, thanks for leading us this morning, brother, and the worship team. That was oh, awesome. Joy, man. May I also say thank you to Alan Short. Where'd he go? He went upstairs. Uh, you can't hear me, but Alan Short is playing the guitar this morning, and he fellowships down Valley, but we've known each other about 15 years, and I'm so glad he's sitting with, in with us on the guitar over there. Thank you. Yeah, no, and no babies this week. You know, we I know, it's like kind of shocking, man. I guess that we 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 wrongly the men wrongly said you know they're just popping out everywhere, but Michelle corrected us on that. That's not the correct language because they don't just pop out. Um, but it's actually hard work, okay, guys. Just make sure we get that right. But the Lord knows what we can handle, right? So He just, I guess we got a reprieve this week. No more babies this week that I know of. Am I missing one? Um, man, thank you guys so much. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. How, how awesome it is to be able to gather together in worship. I think never before have I realized it as much as today, you know, and as much as right now, how much we, just the blessing that it is to be together and be able to worship together. Um, I'll, I'll warn you ahead of time, I don't know if I can hold it together this service. The last service, um, I, I kind of opened the floodgates, and they actually sent me up with tissues this time, so... <laughs> Hopefully I won't be blowing stuff all over you guys, but um, except for the word. And um, so I just wanted to start out. I thought, you know, today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 primarily. And um, I wanted to open up and, and, and start with sharing some of my own testimony and, and my own journey in discipleship. Steve's been in uh, a series of discipleship. Um, and today I just want, I wanted to talk about God's supernatural love. And I wanted to share my journey um, with, with some of the men, a lot of the men in this church that have, have discipled me over the years and, and just share the, the fruits of that and, and man, just the, the, the blessings of that and the encouragement of that and uh, encourage us all um, in this. So um, interestingly, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to hit on some of these. Obviously, there's, there's many more things I can share on here this morning. And I just want to open up First, though, and say this is not about me at all. I mean, I, I, this is a, nothing to do with me. I mean, this is not by me. It's by God's grace, and it's by these men taking me in, and it's by the Spirit leading me. And, and man, this has nothing to do with anything I've done to deserve any of this stuff or, or anything I've done um, on my own. It's the Lord's doing, and it's, I just want to celebrate Him and, and, and glorify Him this morning. Um, but I wanted, to, I wanted, I chose these 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 few few things to talk about. One of them is tithing. Interesting, Derek, you know, mentioned tithing this morning, and he didn't see my notes. So, just telling you, I'm warning you. Um, the tithing. I mean, I I tithe. Um, I haven't always tithed, right? Um, there was a time in my life when I didn't tithe, and these men took me in and were discipling me and. 
And through that discipleship, they led me into, into the scriptures and they led me into God's truth and they showed me what it was like to tithe and told me about the blessings of tithing. And, and I saw it in their lives and, and witnessed it. And um, it, it led me to tithe. And it was, it was funny, I shared this in the first service, is that God called me to tithe at the absolute worst time for me, right? And so it seemed, but it turned out to be the absolute best time. Um, so we... We were at a time in our life during the recession um, in 2008 where we um, had lost everything. I had a business here in town, um, you know, construction business, it tanked, and, and Becca had a job. We just bought a house. Uh, we just got married. just bought a house. Um, just had a, a, our first son, Brooks. He was six months old. We made decisions. She was going to quit her job and stay home and, and raise our children in, in the ways of the Lord, and, and man, that's been a blessing. There's so many things I could go off on tangents here this morning on. But um, we had a, a 70% reduction in our income. We couldn't pay our mortgage. We were three months behind on our mortgage. Uh, we were getting ready to be foreclosed on. We couldn't make our car payments. Um, basically, basically had to give up her car um, and, get, and get a much less expensive one. Um, we are getting ready, like I said, get, get ready to get kicked out of our home. Um, couldn't make her credit card payments. All of our savings were depleted, nothing. And the Lord called us to tithe, right? Right in the moment where you think you don't have anything to give. And um, man, what a blessing that was. We made the decision, you know, when the Lord calls us to, to do things, and we, we, can, we can make the decision to, to, to respond to Him in obedience. And, 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 and we just, we said, man, Lord, we trust you. The Lord said, trust me on this. This is, the, this is one of the things He said, they tr- test me on this. And, and, and you will be blessed, and, and he's greatly blessed us. And so it was because of that discipleship of these men, you know, that leading me into the ways of the Lord, showing us these things, the rich blessings of the Lord, that we started tithing, you know? We started tithing, and we didn't have anything to give. In fact, my accountant said, you need to stop tithing so you can pay your taxes, okay? And um, we said, you know what? No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop tithing. And um, the Lord has blessed us tremendously in that, not, not just financially. I'm talking in every area of our life, you know. He, he, he set me free from finances. He set me free from money. He set me free from all those things that the world kind of teaches you, right? And, I, and it, was like, it was like this open hand, open-handed giving, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can give you story after story. I mean, I don't, you know, I can, stay here, I can stay here till midnight if you want to. I've got six, seven pages of notes. Um, <laughs> I got through maybe one page in the first service, but the Lord has blessed in so many ways, opened doors in our hearts and increased our faith in, in these ways. And it's all because of discipleship. Um, in fact, I'm going to share this before I share these others. I missed this in the first service, but I've, got, I've had, outside of discipleship, I've had zero growth in my life. Zero growth. Outside of discipleship, my life has been a mess. A mess. Before, before I came to the Lord, I was... I was a wreck, you know. I didn't even realize it. I was, I was, fa- I was faked out. I was tricked. The enemy tricked me. I thought I was doing great. I thought I was a good guy, um, but through discipleship, these guys led me in things. The next one was fasting. Um, and in fact, at the same time, I was in a discipleship group with this other guy, and he called me to fa- to a fast. There was about seven men in this group, and the second our second meeting, he said, "Hey guys, what do y'all think about a fast?" I'd never fasted before, and we said, what do, you, what do you mean, you know? When, you know, I, I'm thinking seven days, 
not me. He was saying, I'm thinking seven days, water, you know, just water only. And, and um, I'm sitting here going, man, I've never fasted. What does that look like? You know, can I live? I eat every two hours, you know? Um, and uh, we're saying, and so we start to plan our steps. Okay, when do you want to do this? You know, can we start next week? You know, I need to get my mind prepared for this. You know, my heart prepared for this. He goes, no, how about right now? And um, can I finish my coffee? You know, 6.30 in the morning. You know, I need some coffee. He goes, nope, nope, just, just go for it. And um, it was the same time this tithing thing was taking place, right? And, he's in, and, and man, let me tell you something. It was an incredible experience in my life to experience the love of God, you know, that I hadn't experienced since, really since salvation, since coming to Him. And we have that experience when we come to salvation. And then we, I think we sell ourselves short a lot of times and we, and we forget it. We just, we just camp out on that one moment in our life, in our walk with the Lord. But there's, the, the reality is he wants that to be a continuation in our life. And, and that happens through discipleship. Is that men, or if you're a woman, you know, you get led into these things of the ways of the Lord. That's what discipleship's all about. It's about me experiencing the Lord experiencing His love and supernatural love in, in amazing ways and then taking that and showing others what that looks like and then them taking that and showing others. It's this beautiful continuation. Um, so through the fasting, it was day, it was day five in, my, in the fast that I... And, and man, it's amazing how the Lord orchestrates this because my family let, happened to leave town for those seven days. And Becca went around the house putting notes on all the cupboards, do not open, do not open, do not open. Right? And... Um, and I obeyed them, and uh, it was the most fruitful time. It was a blessing. The Lord, it opened up an intimacy with the Lord I had not experienced, right? And um, still to this day, you know, regular fasting, spiritual, spiritual discipline that we all, we all should desire to have. Um, so much on that, but forgiveness, the next one. And being with these men taught me how to forgive. They for, they they've forgiven me. I, I mean, I I make a wreck of things sometimes. If you don't know me, you know, so I, you know, leadership and other things. I I sometimes do things, and and these guys have been so forgiving. Um, the guys on leadership here, you guys, the body, have been so forgiving, and and um, man, they're just learning for, about forgiveness, what it means to forgive other people, you know, and the fruits of that. These guys taught me that, and ministry. Oh my goodness. Um, this same guy who forced me into a fast, I'm just kidding, he invited me into a fast. I was in South Africa with him, um, and it was me and, and two other guys along with him, and, and um, the night before we were going to, to, to be at this church with a partner there that we had, he said, hey, I want one of you guys to preach tomorrow. And none of us had ever preached before. You know, we were just really, really... Um, diving into the Lord at that time and and uh, we looked at each other and laughed and we thought he was kidding because he was kind of a jokester and the next morning when our driver showed up um, we were all standing by the car and he didn't show up and we said he was serious he's not going with us one of us have to preach you know so we're looking at each other going oh my gosh who's it going to be and all this stuff and we get in the car it's almost silence you know everybody's like nobody wants to say I'll do it and uh, I'll do it Caleb Sorry, that was an inside joke about David. Um, and we get to the church, and, and we get out, and I was the only one that had my paper Bible with me. So we get out of the car, and the, and the elders from the church, and it's custom there that when they come out, 
the, they come to the pastor, the one who's preaching, and they take his Bible and they go sit in the seat where they want him to sit before he preaches, right? So they come, he comes straight to me and takes my Bible. And I said, well, I guess it's me, you know? Or they said, yeah, I guess it's you. So first time I'd ever preached, and, and because of discipleship, man, it was a, the most amazing, um, one of the most amazing times of my life to, to do that. And it may not sound like much to you guys, but let me give you a backstory. So I told you before I came to the Lord, I was a wreck. You know, I was, I was a mishap. You know, I was a heathen, as the scriptures say. And um, I remember the Lord speaking to me at a, at, a, at a young age. You know, I was about 20. I call that young when you're my age. And uh, I was about 20 years old, and I was in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, I'd been doing a lot of different things, and, and I remember the Lord saying, it was a, it was a very um, distinct voice, and he said, you're going to preach someday. And, I, and after I gave that message, I never, I never remembered that again until after I gave that message that day, he reminded me, you remember I told you you were going to preach someday? Dang it, I thought I got all that out in the first service. Um... When, when God's love gets a hold of you like that, when he gives you a word, supernaturally, his love transcends everything else, right? His, the love of God is so powerful, you can't define it, you can't describe it, right? The scriptures say that God is love. Now, who in here would like to stand up and try to define God? I mean, seriously, God is love. And so how can we define that? And we try to put love into this little box and, 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 and talk about love in some fluffy way in our culture and society, right? But love is actually way more dynamic. The supernatural love of God is way more dynamic than that, and it transforms. His love transforms us. It renews us. It revives us. And we're going to read in Ephesians 3 some of what that looks like. You know, another thing in discipleship that I was taught is prayer. You know, Steve just preached on prayer the other week. And boy, how little we pray today. But man, these guys taught me what it was like to pray. And the Lord disciple the Lord taught his disciples, right, how to pray. He modeled this for us. And, and man, the blessings and the growth in my life that have come through prayer and learning to hear God's voice and, and learning how to, to pray for others, you know, and, and, and the growth that's taking place in that is, is, is immeasurable, you know, um, along with these other things. Leadership. Um, man, God's taught me, I mean, I remember walking in the doors here, and the church used to be that way, and Dan Bosco over here, the first month in this church, said, hey, you guys ready to greet? And I'm sitting here going, man, I, I don't even know if I'm ready for anything right now. What do you mean, ready to do this? And so he, he led me in, um, and man, just discipled us, and, and, and discipled me, and so many other men just discipling me, and, and leading me in this way, and teaching me about leadership, and, and the growth in that, and, and in communion, right? I mean... What we learn about communion in the midst of discipleship when other people bring us along, just the, the, the incredible blessings of the Lord. That could go on, I could give you a list of a of hundred things that, that, that will fall into this camp, right? That we, that we grow and experience God's love in such supernatural ways in the midst of discipleship. And the one, one in particular, you know, that I wanted to spend a little more time on today is, is around the gifts. Um, which the scripture says they're the special abilities that we've been given by the Spirit, by the Lord. And I know that some people may not 
want to talk about the gifts or, or, or the Spirit, but um, the Spirit is God, and the gifts are perfect and, ple- and good and perfect and pleasing. And they're what God has given us as part of His design for the church. And um, I thought it would be good for me to share my experience with the gifts and, and why I have such a passion, number one, for them. Um, when I was uh, about, I think it was about 10 years ago, we were at a, a worship conference at, in California, and Becca, being a worship leader, we, I went along with her to support her. I'm not a worship leader. You don't want to hear me. Um, but we went to this thing, and I was trying to run. I know I don't look like a runner, but I was trying to run every day and all this stuff, and my feet became so inflamed I couldn't walk, and it was super painful. And they came to me and said, hey, there's a, there's a healing conference tomorrow morning from 10 to 12, and maybe you should go check that out. And so I went alone. I, you know, they were in their sessions and stuff, and I went alone to this thing, not knowing what to expect. And I go in there, and I went up, and I said, guys, please pray for my feet. And you know, I had faith for the, I believed I was going to be healed, right? And these guys come there laying hands on me and praying for me, and, and nothing's happening. And I'm sitting here going, okay, well, I'm just going to wait. Lord, I believe something's going to happen. And I went back to my seat, and I'm sitting there, and and the next thing you know, this guy gets up and he, he starts um, giving words of knowledge. And words of knowledge are, 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 are a, is a gift from the Lord. It's a, it's a revelatory gift and it's, it falls under the prophetic gift. And, and, and this guy starts giving words of knowledge. It's usually when somebody gives something um, that nobody else knows about, right? Nobody else possibly knows. So I'm, nobody in there knew me, anything. This guy gets up and, and um, just to back up a little bit, two weeks before we went on this two or three weeks before we went on this trip, I'd injured my elbow playing volleyball, and I went to the orthopedics, and they x-rayed it, and, and, and came back and said, yeah, you know, you got a chipped bone. A piece of bone came loose from your elbow, and it's in, it's in there, and every time you, you know, do any kind of activity, it's going to get inflamed. And I mean, it was, it was brutal. I couldn't even touch it with my finger, you know? And um, so I'm standing there, and this guy gets up to give, give words to people, and he goes, and, you know, you hear the proverbial, hey, maybe somebody's got lower back pain, a knee or something like that, pretty common. Well, he said very specifically, there's somebody in here with a chipped bone in your right elbow. Now, I don't know about you, but that is very, very unique and specific. And, and I immediately knew I was healed, my elbow. I went in there for my feet, elbow is healed, Right. I immediately knew I was healed. And I just started going like this and a little bit harder and pounding on this thing and it, zero pain. And I've had zero pain since then, 10 years. Okay? Zero pain. I immediately, when I got back into Aspen, I went back to orthopedics. I said, guys, will you x-ray this thing? I want, I want to see what's happening, you know, before and after. And they put the before and after and they're shaking their head. I go, I don't know what happened, but that, that piece of bone is gone. That piece of bone is just gone. Right? And... I don't know what I don't know how to describe the love that I felt at that moment when God did that. It's it's immeasurable. It was it was so supernatural. That's why I use that. I don't know any other better word to describe it. It was so supernatural that it cut through my heart and and the Lord birthed something in me at that day. This. Ah, this desire for the gifts. You know, the word says to earnestly desire the gifts, especially that you shall prophesy. That's not an invitation. It's, it's, 
it's not a, hey, why don't you guys try this and see if it works? It's a command from the Lord, and it's His design, and it's beautiful and perfect. And so at that moment, I said, I want other people to experience that love that I experienced. And so I just started pressing in. I started reading every book I could, going to, you know, listening to, to messages around it, listening to, you know, getting around guys in discipleship around the gifts. And, and, and guys just, man, I'm, you know, I made mistakes. We all make mistakes. I made mistakes in it. I learned, you know, in, in all kinds of ways. And, um, but the desire has never left me. The love that I want other people to feel. You know, and I love how Paul parks right in between 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, parks that love chapter, we call it, right? 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. If you don't do, if you do any of these things without love, it's just a banging gong, clanging cymbal, and so on and so on. And, um, and so when I give up, if I give up give a word, it's because I flat out love. I love to see people. I want to see somebody get healed and experience the love of God the way I experienced it. You know, I can't describe it in any better way. But it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a burning desire for love for other people to want to see them experience the love of God because you're going to see in Ephesians 3 in just a minute how much God desires for us to walk in this way, okay? And I'm not just talking about prophecy. I want to be very, very clear. He talks about the rich variety of the gifts. So it's more than just prophecy. It's, it's, it's all kinds of gifts. But these are ones that I have experienced the love of God in personally, and I've experienced him in all kinds of different ways. That's why I share these other things with you. And there's all sorts of ways we experience him, right? Um, but that desire, it, it's beautiful. Like, it's something you can't muster up, okay? So let's turn, if you will, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to start in, uh, in verse 4. As you read, Paul says, as you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. And both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church, us, you guys, me, to display this, his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. What we see is God, God has chosen us. He's chosen this method. He's chosen this way to put on display all the things that he, to put on display what he did on the cross in, in, his, in his death and his resurrection. He rose from the dead and his resurrection and his ascension. 
And he poured out his spirit. He chose us, the body of Christ, to put on display this mighty power in each one of us and this amazing love that God came. For God so loved the world that he came and gave his only son, right? That we may have life, abundant life. He chose us that we would put on display to all the unseen rulers, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but one of the things that, that really, really bothers me these days and, and what drives me to my knees in prayer, crying out to God, is just seeing the great disparity between what God has laid out in his scriptures, his holy word, his scriptures, and what we see in the church. And I'm not, not picking on anybody or this church or that church, what, but what we see you know, globally is that we see such a, such a gap and that, that gap should, should, should kind of well up in us this, this hunger, this desire, you know, to see God's love reaching, reaching, reaching the world, right, in such a transformative way, okay? So when we, when we, and when we experience God in this, this way, through the gifts and through, you know, other discipleship, others loving on us, and, and, and there's so many various ways, right, that we can't help but want that for other people, when you experience the love of God, you can't help but say, hey, I want them to experience what I've experienced, right? Um, and so, man, we, we, we come to kind of a, a point where we go, well, do we continue in what we're doing? You know, we're, we're talking about this, in disciple, about discipleship after the first um, message, and somebody gave some great feedback, and um, you know, they, they said, look, I said, our model of discipleship today looks a lot more like a Pharisaical model that we see in Scripture. It's like, come sit in the classroom, we'll teach you the text, and you understand the text, and you get us more of an intellectual thing. But what Jesus did with, with discipleship was he took the disciples. Yeah, there was the teaching. There was the, the, the teaching for sure. We're not discounting, ever discounting teaching. But there was way more than that. There was, hey, you guys come with me. And go do these things. Cast out that demon. Heal that sick person. Give sight to the blind. I want you to go do that. Hey, go out and take nothing with you. All right? And, but, but our model of that today is we're kind of missing that. I don't know about you guys, but I, that really, that really um, creates a hunger and an unction in my heart to want to see revival in the church, to want to see what God has called upon us to do, to put on display His glory right? His glory to reveal these things to the unseen rulers. Listen to this, Paul's prayer um, in verse 14. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts and you trust in him. As you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully under, to understand fully. Then, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life, and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church, and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Yes. And amen. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have, you know, for, well, for one, I think to, 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 um, to relieve us from some of the, the mystery and the gifts and other things is just to look at it in, in the sense of this is God's love and this is God manifesting among us, right? When God does something like this, it's Him. He has just done something. When He heals someone, all right, when He heals someone, when He shows up, gives a, a word, a revelation, that is God showing up, okay? So for us to discount that um, or not to hunger for it or thirst for it is, 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 is tragic, right, at, at the least. And, you know, I want to I share some testimonies throughout this. You know, one of, the, one of the ones about the word of knowledge, you know, just to give you an example of the fruit from me receiving that word early on and that hunger and desire is that, you know, I, I would start to stand up and give words of knowledge. And I remember just, you know, doing this and going through the process in my mind is like, I'm going to look like a fool, if I say this, you know, and, but, but instantly the Lord says, it's not about you. It's about me. I want to manifest it. And you, I want to manifest in your presence, in your midst. And I want to, I want to heal someone. I want to deliver someone. I want to set someone free and I want to be glorified. I want these things happening in the church so that we can put it on display for all the unseen rulers. Man, what a corrective thing, right? And, and it was in such a loving way, but I was like, well, yeah, Lord, I'll do it. I don't care how foolish I look, and I don't. Becca will tell you. She said, hey, you're going to show you're going to look like a fool. And I said, okay, I don't care. And I don't say that, you know, like, you know, um, pridefully or anything else. I, I, I don't care because, you know, the Lord says, and I, and I love that the apostles and, and, and the scriptures tell us this, that we're not here to please man. We're here to please God. That, that, in and of itself, should draw us into a closer relationship with the Lord to know what it is that pleases Him and to, and to walk in what pleases Him, not what pleases man. But unfortunately today, there's a lot being done in the church and in our world that's just man-pleasing, okay? And, and that is not pleasing to God. We know that from His Word, okay? Um, so... A couple of, I mean, I'll just share a couple of different words I got in, the, in, the, in, a, ser, in a particular service here. Uh, one in particular that I really just love rejoicing in. And, I mean, I'll rejoice in all of them, but love just telling this one over and over again because it, it was a double, triple whammy, um, if you, if you want to look at it that way. But it's two or three years ago, I, got a, I just got a word that there was somebody in here with, with chronic pain in their hands. And um, um, I got up and gave the word, and nobody came forward, you know? And most people say, well, nobody came forward, and he must have got it wrong, and this, that, and the other. But I don't ever say that I get it wrong, you know? Not because I don't think I get it wrong, just because why would I take that away from the Lord? Why not give him time to work in that, right? And so this particular instance, nobody came forward. That Monday morning, right after the Sunday service, uh, this woman texted back and said, hey, we'd love, my husband and I would love to get together with you and Bryant um, over dinner on Wednesday. Can that, will that work for you guys? We're like, sure, yeah, we come meet with you guys. And so we go in there, and instantly she leads into, you don't understand. I've had chronic pain in my hands for 10 years. She was in this service. She said, I've been taking pain meds every day. 
She said, I, my husband's a doctor. He injects my hands with stem cells. And I, can't even do, I couldn't even do dishes when my hands hurt so bad. And she said, when you, as soon as you gave that word, my hands were healed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, guys, the, the woman was not even a believer. She was an unbeliever in the church. And we're sitting there hearing this at the table. They've got these statues of Buddha and all this other stuff around their house. And Becca leads her to the Lord that night at the dinner table. She wanted to come and follow Christ. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that doesn't motivate you to want to be the love of, of, of God, representative, representative in His body, to encourage one another. And I can give you countless testimonies in this body of people that have been encouraged by, by someone else, giving them a word or, or whatever it might be. Um, it is more profound and, and dynamic and, and, and broader than you even realize. And even I realize um, God is infinite. He's immeasurable. The things He's doing... We don't always know. And um, just incredible, incredible testimonies. I'd love to share more of them. I'm just not sure how, how um, <coughs> private some of them <coughs> may be. Um, <coughs> not everybody, I, I realized this too after going through this, is that when I was healed of my elbow, I didn't even go forward. Isn't that interesting? I was completely radically healed. The love of God touched me, but I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the proper response. Was it to go up, up front and start doing backflips or, you know, run outside carrying a sign or a bullhorn and say, the Lord heals, you know? But, but what are we supposed to do? You know, sometimes we don't know. And, and maybe the response is not to come forward, you know? But the Lord, the fact, that doesn't diminish what God is doing. Um, how many of you guys have seen that, that show, The Chosen? On, it's on, you can only see it on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, it's unbelievable. Um, by the way, um, the way they depict Jesus in this film and, 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 and the disciples and all the things going on, the healing is incredible. But there's a scene in there with Nicodemus um, that really just pierced my heart. You know, Nicodemus is known as the, and I think this is a word for us, for the church. Nicodemus was known um, for, you know, the guy to go to for the scriptures, Right. Anybody wants to know about the, the word, about the scriptures, they go to they go to Nicodemus. He calls the shots. He's he's the guy. So when there was a there was a woman in what they call the red quarter who was um, manifesting a demon. Okay, we may not like to hear that word today, but there are demons and um, people are do have them sometimes. Um, this woman was manifesting a demon and and. They called Nicodemus in and his team to come in and, and deliver her. Well, he came in and he said it was so powerful that he, there was not, he realized he had no power over this, right? And he was just astonished and he left. And then on comes Jesus onto the scene. Um, he just comes into the scene and, and um, he, all he does was, was call her word of knowledge. He calls her by her real name, which nobody else knew because she was using a different name because she was so ashamed of what she did, what the things, that, the life she was living. She was an outcast, like the woman at the well, right? Jesus, word of knowledge, healing. The woman set free. Nicodemus later on comes in. She, he, they see the woman and give report back to Nicodemus. This woman is healed. I can tell from her look, she's healed. Nicodemus comes to see for himself and she's healed and he's 
what did you do? What happened? He thought he was the one that was responsible for it. And she goes, no, it wasn't you. It was this other guy. And um, beautiful, beautiful depiction. And so Nicodemus says, I must, I have to meet this guy. I have to know this guy. And so he goes and they set up and arrange just meeting just Nicodemus and Jesus because you know, everybody's trying to kill Jesus at this time. They want to arrest him. Um, and they set up this meeting and, and Nicodemus at this meeting realizes that he's, he's sitting and standing in the presence of God incarnate. And he falls to his knees. And here's a man. Now all these other Pharisees, they, they're all just... This, you know, you know the you know the scriptures, right? They just they just criticize him, criticize him for all the things he's doing, and don't even recognize that he's among them. But Nicodemus falls to his knees and kisses his hand as I'm standing, I'm kneeling in the in the in the presence of the living God. Okay, that love of God pierced Nicodemus's heart so much that it was greater than any knowledge. It was greater than anything he'd ever heard or seen. Okay, and that's 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 who we are to be. You know, to the to this fallen world, um, I wanted to just tie in a little bit um, repentance into this message because in our day and time, repentance is a lost thing, right? We we don't talk much about repentance. Um, in fact, you know, there's been talk that we're under judgment. The church is under judgment, and our response to that has been, you know, the word says that. If my people will, will, will repent, if they will turn from their wicked ways, if they will seek my face, um, if they will seek my face, then I will heal them. I will heal their land, right? But we jump straight from, we jump straight from um, the pestilence. It starts right before that. It talks about the pestilence of the land. We jump, jump straight from that to, Lord, heal our land. We bypass the repentance. We bypass the seeking God's face. You know, I'm not saying everybody, but, you know, um, large part. And then we wonder why there's not healing. And we wonder why there's not revival. We wonder why there's not these things taking place that we see in Scripture. Um, so I want to share a story with you about repentance. Um, and this just, man, just wrecked me. Steve, um, a few weeks ago, gave me this book. Um, he, he warned me ahead of time. He said, Look, I wasn't even going to give it to you because I didn't want you to have it because I'm afraid it was going to wreck you. And, you're going to be a nut, I guess. He didn't say it like that. Um, he's like, man, I know, I know you're, you're going gonna to eat this up. And, and I did, and I, I couldn't put it down. And it, it just messed me up. And it's, um, it's Dr. Michael Brown's book, um, From Holy Laughter to Holy Fire. If you haven't read it, please get it. It's unbelievable. This, is a, this guy, Dr. Brown, is a Messianic Jew and just loves the Lord and, and is amazing guy, man. He just, so much to say about him. But in his book, there's a guy, um, he talks about a, a great revivalist, um, Charles Finney. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's back in the 1400s. Charles Finney was a great revivalist. And he was in Reading, Pennsylvania, and he was giving, giving a message uh, to the body that night. And later on that night, after the message about, about midnight, he gets a phone call from from. Amos Buck's wife, Amos Buck, was the guy. Amos Buck was in that message. He was an unbeliever. In that message, comes home that night. His wife calls um, Mr. Finney around midnight, and she said, Mr. Finney, Mr. Finney, you need to come. If you don't come, I'm afraid he's going to die. And he said, okay, I'll come right away. And snowstorm and everything. Gets, in, gets there about 2 or 3 in the morning. 
comes in and, and, and 100 yards away from, from the house, he can hear this wailing. He can hear this. He calls it groaning and wailing, he's called it. He can hear it from 100 yards away outside the house. But he says, I, I wasn't prepared for what I was about to see when I went in. And, and he went in, when, he, when his wife opened the door, he went inside. Um, somebody opened the door, he went inside, and he saw the man kneeling on the ground. Um, his wife was supporting his head, and he was just weeping and, and gnawing on his tongue. I just immediately thought about it, oh, you'd be casting over weeping and gnashing of teeth. Man, this guy was gnawing on his tongue and weeping. And he said, Mr. Fanny, Mr. Fanny, I'm a lost soul. I'm a lost soul. Didn't know what to do, had no clue what to do, but sit there and just say, I'm a lost soul. He recognized, he saw the love of God, recognized he didn't have it. He recognized he didn't have it. And that's, we have so many people in our world who don't have that love, that have that same weeping going on inside. And, and, and it requires us to come in, come crashing into that life like Mr. Finney did with this man just preaching the truth. It wrecked this guy, and this guy was on his knees, and, he, and, and Mr. Finney was able to lead him to God's grace and repentance and forgiveness. And Mr. Buck, Amos Buck, spent the rest of his life serving the Lord. Amazing, amazing story of repentance. And, you know, I think we look at repentance as just one-time deal as salvation, but repentance is a, is a lifelong thing that we, if we don't repent, right, when the Lord... Um, when the Lord convicts us, when the Spirit convicts us of sin, when the Spirit convicts us of these things, if we don't repent and turn to Him, right, seek His face, and then and then ask, and then seek then seek prayer from healing. Um, man, we're missing it, guys. We're missing the fruit of that. We're missing the fruit of what 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 God's love manifests into all around us as we can walk in His truth and promises. And and I think our you know, the church in general has really watered that down and, and really has robbed all of us from, from experiencing a greater um, vibrancy in the church, life, abundant life in the church. And so I just want to encourage you in that as you read this, to say, look, this is it's a humility to go before God and stand before Him or kneel before Him and, and, and look at the, the true blessings and fruit that come out of that. Um, you know, I love how when Jesus comes onto the scene, there's there's instances where people, people's lives are transformed, right? We've shared some testimony. I mean, think about the man in the pool of Bethesda, Bethesda um, woman who touched Jesus' cloak, a woman at the well. I mean, you go down the list and list and list of things where Jesus came on the scene and called something out, um, called something out, and, and, and people were healed. I, I just, as I was thinking about my right elbow, I felt the Lord say, we, we all have chip bones in our right elbow, all of us. We all, have, we all have things we need healing from. We all have things we need um, deliverance from. We all have things we need encouragement for. Um, you can go down the list in this, right? And that's what the, as the body comes together, right? And Hebrews, Hebrews um, 12 said, look, I mean, Hebrews 10, 24 says, look, let us, let us think about ways to motivate one another to love and, and good deeds, right? When we come together, we gather together. Now, how do we do that, right? And so the, there's many ways to do that, as we talked about today. But, man, let's, let's spur one another on in that. Let's spur one another. Let's not be hesitant in stepping out in the things of, things of God that he's called us to and seeking his presence. Um, I wanted to share one last quote with you. 
my pile of notes. Um, this is also Dr. Brown, my fave right now. Um, thank you, Trinity, for hooking me up with him. Um, Trinity, by the way, and, and you guys may not know this, but we've had a word spoken over him. I'm just going to let it least here today, bro, because we're going to unleash the revival in this place. Because we were at a we were at a um, conference together, and um, you may not know this about Trinity, but he was part of the Brownsville revival down in Florida, and with Michael Brown, Dr. Michael Brown, and, and Bob Gladstone, and a few others. And he's the only person I know of in this church. Um, not saying there's not more, but he's the only person I know of that's experienced revival. And and Tracy got a word as we're sitting there at breakfast one morning and said, you're a revival carrier. Remember that? Man, we broke out, started weeping. I'm going to do it again. We started weeping. The power of God fell on that. Guys, revival, Lord wants revival. The Lord wants revival. Do we want it? Do we want it? Do we hunger for it? And so I just say, Lord, release it in this place. Come on, Lord. Um, listen to this by Dr. Michael Brown. And I didn't do that justice, but he says, No wonder the revivalist is consumed. Who can look at eternity in the eye and remain unmoved? How dare we try to serve God unscathed? The winds of revival will carry us away, away from selfish living, away from loveless ministry, away from the idols of this world, away to the heart of God, a heart pounding with compassion for the work of His hands, beating with mercy for His foolish lost sheep, throbbing with a love that will stop short of nothing to make a way for sinners to be saved and rebels redeemed. Amen. That is so good. So guys, as we close, I just want to, um, I don't pray, and I want to invite you. Guys, this, this be the body, and, and this, if you have a word for someone here, we had a great testimony, great word in the first service, great testimony, healing. Um, it's happening. I know it's, it's not, you know, many of you don't know about the things and testimonies of, of the goodness of what the Lord is doing in so many different ways. But if you have something for someone this morning, let's, let's share it this morning and step out in faith um, to see the, the beautiful, the rich variety of the Lord's put on display, manifest among us, revival in this place. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, Lord, we praise you. Father, we, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your promises and your truth and your presence and your love, Lord God. I'm just so blown away. So many stories, Lord, so many testimonies um, in this body that we can be encouraged by how you move and how you've moved. And Lord, we know there's so much more. And Lord, I thank you, God, for, for spurring us on this morning, God, in our hearts and in our minds and in our deeds and actions, Lord God, with one another uh, to experience your, your love, Lord. In a new way, Father, break out, Lord, and manifest in this place, Lord, and bring your love, Lord. We don't want a counterfeit. We don't want a counterfeit in our lives, Lord God. We don't want to fake it. Lord, we want you, the real God. Lord, we want revival in this place in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, come, Lord God. We invite you, Lord. 
We say whatever needs to be healed this morning, Lord, would you, would you bless this place, God, with healing, Lord? Would you bring encouragement? Lord, would you pour out upon us this morning, God? We love you. We honor you, Lord. You're good and pleasing and perfect, Lord. And we lift this up in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.